0: Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to our podcast. We are excited that you're with us today. I'm going to invite my guest, Craig Morris, in in just a minute. But I want you guys to know that during the time that we are in as a country, as an industry, you know, I think it's really important to understand the power of relationships, the power of connection, the power of emotional connection, and what really leads to that, which is the power and the depth of your questions. Craig Morris is an outstanding expert in the area of questions. If you can imagine a niche, right? And he's a visionary. He's a performance coach. He's traveled the world helping businesses and people lead their best version of their life. And uh, it's going to be a joy to just chat with him over the next 45 minutes or so around this simple idea of how do questions change? our place in the world. So Craig, it's really great to have you here. Thanks for joining today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is a very cool book. It's called Right Side Up. And the subtitle of the book is, Is a Better Life Possible? Who would not say yes to that? Who would not say, well, you know, maybe there's a lot of people that don't say yes to that.
1: That's true. What's your
0: What, what were you thinking when you came up with the subtitle of Right Side Up? Is a Better Life Possible?
1: I do think it makes you lean in and I love asking questions and I wanted the book title to just be a question and someone said, no, you actually need to put the promise of the book in the title. I'm like, well, I'll do a question for the subtitle because I do think that's intriguing and um, even that helps people to know if they are willing to engage in a journey and willing right. to engage in a conversation. Cause if I don't think a better life is possible, I'm not going to pick up the book. I'm just going to stay. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
0: Well, I sure hope that by the time we're done, people realize that there's a lot of value to questions. There's a lot of value to the interaction that kind of, I think helps feed that, but it's probably like for me initially and for anybody watching the and listening to this, it's like, what got you thinking about questions as like, your unique value proposition. I mean, you're teaching people how to ask questions. So tell us your yes. story. How'd you get in the question asking relationship coaching business?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> and I think it started more with survival because I really didn't want to be known when I was younger. And I noticed that people love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if I asked a question, uh, I wasn't the center stage, and so I could just be invisible because people would just talk about themselves and go on, and I'd ask a follow-up question, and I'd spend an hour with people, and they're like, man, this was awesome, and I learned a lot about them, and they didn't learn anything about me, and we were both happy about that, <laughs> and so that was that was early in my days, and then as I started realizing, you know, I do need to share some things about myself. I didn't need to have mutuality in my relationships. There does need to be some give and take. I realized that asking questions was an incredible way of gleaning um, avenues where I could love, avenues where I could connect with people. Uh, at the heart of connection is um, being able to find out where people are what they're. Uh, to me, I look at three things as the heart of connection. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants significance. And those three things, if felt and experienced in a relationship, brings people closer. It's called connection. I don't know where you need to feel accepted. I don't know where you need to feel like you belong. If you're good at something, you can't feel significant till you're doing that. And so uh, those things are all built on asking questions, caring for people, listening intently to their answers.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal backstory. And, uh, and I had no idea it began, you know, young in your life about, about that. And yet it's, it's, and I don't want to, I don't want it to come off as sterile because emotional connection is it's connection and connection cannot be superficial. Uh, it has to be deep. And at the same time, most people I don't think have that wherewithal to risk or to, um, maybe become a little bit vulnerable in in asking the questions, yes. and yet we know, you know, and, and I know that the most profound and productive relationships are built on that question interchange. So, what what's what is the correlation between somebody um, in any type of relationship of being where they are and beginning to to kind of realize the power of great questions yes. and and not have it come off as a, a strategy, you know, but but sure. rather a hum, humanity move.
1: Yes. Really. I, th- I think even backing up, um, I'm a big fan of backing up because sometimes we up. take questions and <laughs> we just move forward. There's a big lie that a lot of people believe. If you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. Mm. That keeps people in hiding. That keeps people kind of living out of this false, false self of, I want to just, this is who I want you to think I am. And even if that person receives love, it can't be received as love because they're living out of a false self. They're, they're, they're It's the portrayal of who they want to be. And if that want-to-be person is somehow loved, admired, or respected, it still doesn't translate into the experience of that for that individual themselves. So we have to deal with that lie. Is it really possible for someone to genuinely know me and love me more? I remember early in my marriage, uh-huh. I shared... Uh, something with my wife that was hard for me to share. And she looked at me and she said, thank you so much for sharing that. I I love you more now. I feel like I know you more and I can love you more now. And I'm like, I don't know how I don't have a category for what you just shared, but I need to build one. I need to build a category that says it's actually possible to get to know people better and for your love to increase rather than decrease. So many times we get to know people and, oh, you have this weakness, this weakness, and it's for us just a reason to vote them off our island rather than a way to say, hey, you're human, I'm human, we both have strengths and weaknesses. This is a, a, a foundation for connection for both of us. Yeah.
0: So so does the, um, does the methodology of connecting, uh, it might be the wrong word, or the purpose maybe of connecting does it come does it come from wanting to be accepted or does it come from a desire to have a deeper more honest more transparent relationship you mentioned spouse you know and yeah. and husband and wife and you probably same thing with business but what what's the what's the the purpose what how do you know as somebody who wants to be more intimately involved with people and knowing that it takes a dialogue to get there, how do you encourage people to get to that step? I'm, I'm thinking there's some, there's some risk. Yes. I'm thinking there's some maybe vulnerabilities. Yes. I'm thinking there's some fear. I mean, yes. it's a big topic just mm-hmm. to get to the point where I desire outwardly to yes. really truly know you and share with you and learn about you. Yes. How do you get there?
1: I think part of it is the, um, expectation. I think a lot of us think, okay, if I'm willing to risk and be vulnerable, there's going to be a promise and, um, okay, it'll bring us closer and this and that. And so people start being vulnerable and actually it doesn't bring this better relationship. It brings a different, sometimes more challenging relationship, which people go, see, it didn't work anyway. And they put their toe in the water and then they run the other way and feel far more comfortable in a cave yeah. to themselves, just being isolated. To me. Part of of the motivation needs to be a healthy motivation. I struggled my weight for a long time and uh, when I was younger, and I kept losing weight and gaining weight back, and losing weight and gaining weight back. It was this huge roller coaster, and I realized my motivation was um, I hate myself, so I want to lose my weight. And so I start losing some weight, and then I start hating myself a little bit less. And then I start getting off of my discipline until I get high. And I was on this thing, I'm like, I need to find a healthy motivation that's beyond just, I hate myself. I need to be drawn towards something positive rather than just, you know, self-hatred is a very powerful short-term motivation, even in business. People are like, man, I gotta make money, I gotta do this, I gotta make these phone calls, and I suck if I don't. And it's like, well, okay, that may work for an afternoon or for an hour. It's unsustainable. but finding the true um, valuable proposition in each and every motivation is super important. So for me, with my weight example, I, I had to get to the point where I love myself enough to desire health. Well, that's good, right? So when it comes to connection to relationship, I can't control the um, response that you have to my vulnerability. But there's a joy in being authentic. And there's a joy in me being who I am and sharing that. And I can't guarantee how that's going to be received. And so if the joy is, I want to live out of this authentic part of me, some people are going to like that, some people are not. Um, Nothing valuable is lost with authenticity, with this kind of That's a good point.
0: Nothing valuable is lost with authenticity.
1: If I'm authentic and someone rejects that, You know, I was probably wasting my time in that anyway, because if they don't like the real me, (laughs) i am just spinning my wheels. And yet if I'm authentic and walk with someone and say, Hey, this is who I am. uh, C.S. Lewis once said, um, friendship is forged when you look deep into the eyes of someone and say you too. And it's amazing what authenticity can do when people, even during this time, you know, people are scared. And if you're like, gosh, you know, I'm scared. Me too. Yeah. I'm trying to find handholds of hope. Me too. And when we start bringing the conversation to a place where we can really be authentic, relationships start being forged in a totally
0: new, healthier way. So I, I love this word, authentic, and um, and and I love the word uh, courage. And 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 I really like where this is going because I don't want anybody that's watching or listening to this to think that asking great questions is a skill set to be learned for gain. True. You know, although it could be, you could could argue that he who asks the best questions generally learns the most about somebody and therefore then where he or she can meet them. But I think where you're going and where I want to stay is there's a real heartbeat to this and there's a real. There's a real need to to get beyond the the first layer of whatever it is. It could be fear, it could be shame, it could be posing, it could be, it could be any of those things, whether it's for me as the person initiating the conversation or for you as the person that the question is being asked of. So if somebody needs to be authentic, there has to be a balancing act of safety. Yes. What say you about that?
1: (laughs) Well, I just so happen to be an expert in this because I went from trusting no one and sharing none of my true self with anyone to allowing that pendulum to swing too far, sharing everything (laughs) with everyone. And I'm like, oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) And there's this beautiful place of equilibrium where we learn how to share our authentic self with safe people or we learn how to share, um, you know, you've seen the concentric circles on a bullseye. People yeah. look at that a lot and there's an inner circle of people that you share your authentic self with. And, and then the next concentric circle, maybe you share 60 or 70% of your authentic self, but you still keep back parts of your heart and your soul that um, you're not going to be sharing with just anybody and with everybody. It's one of the questions I love to ask my daughters. Um, I have a seven, uh, eighteen and a uh, 16 year old daughter and I often ask them, what percentage of your true self did you bring today? And wow. it's fun because <laughs> I love the true them of who they are. And I keep trying to encourage them to bring that true self with them everywhere they go. And uh, that. Percentage is increasing as they grow older. And I love that because I don't think that's true for everybody. Sometimes people's percentage decreases over the years. So I got hurt. A little part of my heart is gone. A little bit part of my soul is gone. I was betrayed. And all of a sudden we became less and less the true people we were designed to be. So...
0: I mean, I I love where this is going. And as you and I talked before we we started, we have this list of questions and we just said, it's just going to, it's going to shape itself. And I, and I think this is part of that shaping itself. I think that there's a, um, there's not only a safety, but there's a being okay with not having it totally figured out, which means your motive has to be pure. Yes. The motive has to be, if I'm going to bring my true self, Um, And if I'm in relationship, I want you to feel comfortable bringing your true self because the gap between whatever eliminates trueness and honesty is the gap that does not allow for a fully functional, alive relationship. Yes. And so what ends up, how do we watch this kind of spin up? I imagine it's just not, I've got a relationship I've been in for seven years, it's not working the right way. So you know what, I want to sit down and ask these 10 questions. It's not like that. It's right. like, how do I, this, uh, uh, you know, a, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Well, yes. the journey of a connected relationship begins with a really powerful question that has no motive other than connection. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 what is the, you know, like, like maybe what's the, you've designed questions, you know, and I I know that there's so much emotion and connection and relationship around questions, but there are questions that work and there's questions that don't work. Um, If you get, if you get back to your kind of story, what, what's the, where do you see most of the guys and gals that you advise and coach either from a business standpoint? I know you coach CEOs and you coach couples. Let's take business first, right? What's, what's a great starting point? a leader and a follower, a salesperson and a client, um, from your experience in business?
1: Um, I think we, you and I have even talked about this before, starting with a simple, Hey, tell me your story. Yeah. Getting to know, um, the arc of someone's life, um, where they have been. And then also asking them, where do, would you like to be? Where do you want to go? Um, sometimes it's just a matter of loving someone enough to, to ask a question and listen. And, um, People are beautifully trusting of their story with people that they know genuinely care. And if they realize, Hey, I'm just asking because I'm trying to check a box. Hey, tell me your story. And I look, yeah, I'm looking away and I'm breaking eye contact and I'm wait a second. Hold on my phone. I'm has got a message. That's not going to go a long way to actually connecting because part of the heart of connection is attention right. and listening carefully and remembering people's story is very powerful. And that's very thing. So just this simple, hey, tell me your story. Non-threatening. I've never met anyone that said, no, I'm, I don't want to tell you my story. <laughs> Some people share sto- shorter. Uh, they've actually learned wisely. Sometimes it's beautiful to start with just sharing a little bit of information and see if there's more interest level. And that's why asking follow-up questions are so important. Yeah. Um, and if you don't yeah. mind me saying so, and I think this is especially true for the men in the audience, Men don't do a very good job sometimes of receiving information. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when someone shares a difficult story, there is this piercing silence that they don't know what to do with because they don't know where to go with what was just shared. You know, a guy shares, well, you know, my wife just left me, or my business just lost 40%. Okay, so you need to line up a whole bunch of those kind of statements that make us not know what to do. I don't necessarily know where to go with that, but I know how to say, thank you for sharing that. That took a lot of courage to be able to share that with me, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Being grateful for a tough question, being grateful for a, a, a difficult story allows someone to get the message, ah, it's, it's okay for me to be me. It's okay to have a story that's less than perfect. It's okay for me to have struggles and challenges. This person's going to accept me as I am. And that is such a beautiful and rare gift in our culture. Yeah. There aren't a lot of people that are walking around saying, you know, it's okay for you to be you. Yeah. Most people are walking around saying, produce more, do more, jump higher, run faster. And we're like, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> so I,
0: I love that analogy. Um, and and yet, you know, I, I, I think about um, relationship. I think about marriage. And I think about, you know, the what's your story after you're married probably doesn't quite Qu- doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't quite work. Because you well. probably already asked it and <laughs> forgot the answer. Right, right. will <laughs> get you in more trouble. Well, what are what are some of the the things? Because I know in my relationship with Deb and and uh, and, and just our our dance together, that there's a there's such a deep real bond when yes. there's safety around discussion and there are unique questions and and maybe even from the guy standpoint, why guys don't hear the answer to the question. Of, of their wives. And maybe, maybe it's vice versa and, and maybe it's not even gender or, or relationship centric, but it's like, okay, I'm in a relationship and I don't know things that would really be great to know. Yes. Um. How do I broach that? And how do I, how do I consistently deepen my partnership with my spouse and who I'm spending my life with in a normal kind of we don't do this because we have to. We do it yes. because we want to. Yes. What do you see off the business table and just into relationship?
1: Yeah. You mentioned courage earlier. That's super important. Intentionality is also very important. Any relationship that's important to us, we need to be intentional with. Uh, a handful of years ago, my wife came to me and said, Okay, let me get this straight. You got a game plan for your business, you got a game plan for your physical health, you got a game plan for your life. Um, but you don't have a game plan for a marriage. Can you help me understand that? (laughs) As I said earlier, sometimes we as men don't know how to respond to those difficult questions, and I hope I said thank you for that That as a very difficult question that you just asked me, but I needed to hear that. I wasn't putting intentional time into that because it wasn't important. Sometimes we need to create space on our own to ask ourselves, why is that? Why Why am I so attracted to spending time at the office and then maybe not looking forward to going home as much? Yeah. And what is it about the what I'm getting from the office or my work or my golf or my sports or whatever it is, my hobbies, that I'm not getting in this relationship? Not to say, oh, see, I'm getting it here and not getting it there, but to be curious because I think we can get some of those things in, in a relationship. And I think the reason why we don't get a lot of those things out of the relationship is because we haven't brought our whole entire self. We haven't brought our authentics. We've kind of mailed it in in those places, and it's not providing good results, not yeah. a return on investment, if you will. So, yeah.
0: so I'm, I'm, I'm going back to courage then, and I'm thinking about like just in relationship of being intentional about growing, because I think what ends up happening, at least what I see is it's awfully easy to take a relationship for granted, whether it's business or personal, it's awfully easy to, you yes. know, we're in our 25th year of marriage and we just do this, right? Yes. Or, or you know, um, I'm doing what I, 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 I'm I not, what I didn't do when I first met you. you. know when I first met you, I was really curious. I was asking a lot yes. of questions, you know, it's yes. really getting to know you. And now, now that we do this every day, you know, I'm not, and and I think that's the, the the potential edge of the cliff for a relationship to move from functional and trusting to dysfunctional and non-trusting, and that is a cliff nobody really wants to to get to. I know that you and your wife do a lot of work with with married couples and whatnot. What do you what do you say about um, how do we keep that intentional? What what is the rhythm or the routine to make sure that? the most important relationship theoretically for most people is the relationship that you've committed to spending their life with. Yes. So how do we how do we nurture that? Yeah. And what do you say about that? Cuz then I want to I want to tell you something and see how you respond to it as it relates to my answer to that.
1: I want to hear your answer first. <laughs> I don't know. see that's a great question. <laughs> so and if I could pause. Yeah. Here this is a great great point for people to realize when someone else asks you a question there's one of 3 reasons why other people ask questions. One is that um, it's a smokescreen. Sometimes people are asking questions just to get to a different topic. Interesting. Uh, number two, sometimes people ask questions because they have something to share. Okay, so I'm sitting here. You asked me a question, and I am sharing my answer to that question. What are you doing the whole time? You can't listen because all you're thinking about is what you're going to share and how you're going to share that. So me... As someone who cares and is interested, here's a question. I say, wow, that's super cool. It sounds like you've given this some thought. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I want to exhaust your thoughts on the issue first, even though you asked the question, because I'm going to guess you probably have something to share. So then I listen to what you have to share. And guess what? Then you're ready to hear. Wow. Because now you're present.
0: That just happened.
1: And now you're present. Now you're able to say, okay, yeah. So anyhow,
0: I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, so I think, you know, I think that one of the things and this is for anybody whether it's business or personal, you know, the idea is that if you don't take care of a garden, you know, it gets a lot of weeds that chokes out the growth, it gets a lot of toxicity, it doesn't have the the right nutrients, you know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't look as beautiful as it did the day you planted it, right? And so the gardener has to nurture the garden. You know, essentially that is taking care of the things that produce growth and, and ridding it of the things that choke growth. So Dev and I made this kind of observation a couple of weeks ago that we have this real positive ritual on Sundays. And it, it always begins with either she or I asking a question. And there's not a spot that we do this. There's not an exact time we do it. It's somewhere between five o'clock and 10 o'clock on Sunday night. I just tell you that. And yeah. it can happen anywhere. But she'll stop or I'll stop. And the the first question is, would you like to know what you did great this week? And that is a powerful question because yes. what would anybody say to that? Yes. You know, they're not going to say, no, I, I, I really don't. I don't really care. I don't really want to know what I did well. And you're my spouse and you know, I'm just expect, no, you go, are you kidding me? I want to hear it. Yes. Let me grab my journal, and my pen because I want right. to, or my recorder and I want to hear this. And then the, the quid pro quo is, First of all, that is affirming, right? When you tell people what they have done well, that can't do anything other than stack up yes. more positive nutrients for the relationship, yes. right? And it's 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 not rote. I mean, it can't be because every week is different and every day of every week is different. And so as the giver of that, you're challenged to think about new things and you're For me, I'm challenged to remember the things during the week, like on a Tuesday when I know Sunday night's coming up man, that was something she really did great. I want to acknowledge that. I'll just jot it down on my phone in a note or something like that. And then it becomes really real. So she would do it and I would say yes. And then the quid pro quo is then I would do it. So I've got to be ready to tell her what she did right. If she's going to be ready to tell me what I've done right. So it's a question. Yes. But then we started making this observation that all it really deals with is the things that went right. It doesn't deal with anything that may have been uh, a scenario where a different question would have been better or a different conversation or this other thing. So about a month ago, we started adding, we said, so let's go through the positive part of it. And then let's just ask one more question. Is there anything I could do this week? That by next week, it would demonstrate me being better as a husband, a father, a friend, whatever that that might be. And there are weeks, Craig, where there's nothing that just stands out, and then there's weeks where, like, I would really remember that situation on Wednesday. You know, I really would love you if that ever comes up again to try this. Yes. And uh, and what we ended up finding is that we don't want to wait till Sunday to have that dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so she'll say, you know, Sunday's going to roll around and, but I want to capture it right here. What you did there was great. Here's what else you could have done. And it's not a coulda, shoulda, woulda. It's no finger pointing or blame. It's just like, it's just like health. And I think what ends up happening is I guess the big point is you can never, ever take a meaningful relationship for granted. Otherwise it is going to move over time daily. There's that song by Casting Crowns, Slow Fade. You know, marriage doesn't fail in a day. It's a slow fade. Mm-hmm. And so we have to pay attention to yes. this connection
1: piece vigilantly. Yes. So that oh. was my answer. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much good to celebrate there. Uh, and I will bring that back to what you said earlier about people needing to be appreciated. I am a strong proponent of needing to celebrate more. There are so many things that if we look through the right lens, we can celebrate about other people, about circumstances, situations, and they need to hear that. A lot of times people can't even see them see that themselves. And so we're in a business meeting, and you're sharing that with me, and I say, good for you. That is fantastic. You are being intentional. And not only are you being intentional, you're demonstrating that the research statistics share that anytime there's a conflict, Um, it takes some time to resolve that conflict. You created intentional space for that. Good for you. And now what you're trying to do is move your processing to be real time processing where you can do it in the moment. That's awesome. It's impossible to eliminate all conflict. All we're trying to do is cut down on the intensity and the duration of those kind of conflicts and those kind of ruptures in relationships. And that's beautiful that you created a space that could identify moments and movements. And then you can create a safe environment where you can keep talking about that and whittling down that time, which is fantastic. It doesn't matter if it's a coworker or someone else. Having that intentional check-in time, asking a safe question that can get some honest feedback. Welcoming the feedback—that's yeah. yeah. hard to do sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes we're very fragile when it comes to feedback. When someone says, "Well, yeah, you," blah, 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 and they go on and on, and we're like, "Oh no, I wasn't expecting that. I was just expecting a bouquet." Right. Um, it's really interesting to be able to create that space and be okay with what they share. Yeah, yeah. And
0: I just—it just hit me when you said this about leadership. You know, and, and and let's put you know marriage and and that type of relationship aside, but there's a very strong similarity between leadership and followership. And, and it's interesting that I do think the best leaders ask the best questions. Yes. And so, so what is a, just a bridge in your experience, working with business guys and gals, what is the, what's the nugget for a leader to get Yes. in this conversation yes. right now? If you've got followers at yep. different levels,
1: the best thing you can do is let someone else be the hero of a conversation.
0: What does that mean?
1: That means, <laughs> Most of us are walking around with something to share. We want to impart wisdom because we want to be perceived as the wise guru, the insightful business person. When you ask a question, they become the hero of the conversation because they are the ones that are figuring out the answer to the question that you like. A wise person will take a statement that they want to make Turn it into a question and let someone else self-discover that truth. If I share with you something, you're probably not going to remember it. If I ask you a question and you conclude that answer to yourself, guess what? You're going to remember that.
0: That is powerful. That is powerful because I think the same thing holds true in any dynamic of a relationship. If I am in business as a service provider or a salesperson or a leader or in just relationship with close friends and, and whatnot, um I I think oftentimes we forget to take off the spotlight on us and make it about the person. Yes. Because of all the other reasons, posturing, you know, posing, shame, disauthenticity, fear, yes. all those things. Yes. Um okay, so so back to real quickly then back to the idea of um the steps to just kind of get into the mode of, of asking the right questions. You don't have to ask a lot if the ones you ask are more real valuable and penetrative. So how does, how does somebody, I mean, again, I'm not looking for a playbook because I think that's so much of this is like, I think
1: it's, and I think it's okay to have a playbook. I think every single one of us need a playbook when we're first beginning. I have that. Yeah. Um, when I'm learning questions when I hear a good question, I write it down. I put it in my phone and cause I'm not going to remember off, off the cuff. And so for me to have a couple of questions that I can see and I can ask until they become a habit. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Having good, good questions, great questions that you can ask that can bring people together. Um, yeah. I love to ask the question, what are you learning right now? Oh, <laughs> that's, it just opens up the gate for people to say, I'm learning something about myself. I'm learning something about the marketplace. I'm learning something about relationships. And I get to be blessed by what they're sharing because now all of a sudden, now we're co-learning and we're creating an environment where you're getting to share that. And I'm celebrating that because who wouldn't celebrate what you're learning? That's fantastic. I don't care what you're learning. If you're learning how to ride a bike or how to navigate one of the most difficult business economies this country has seen in a long, long while. There are things that we can learn that sharing with someone else is going to bless them as well
0: i guess i could argue too that in the middle of of what we are going through with the pandemic and business shutdown and so on and so forth the need to to really connect is even more more relevant and and more needed today yes. than ever and so i think that that the, the idea of this is a time to ask your clients yes. great questions about their future and what they fear it's a great time to ask your employees about their future and their fears. And and what does this look like? It's a great time as a leader to ask yourself, what am I learning from this so that I can innovate my company? And so I'm going to do something I wasn't planning to do. I'm just going to take your book and I'm going to open to a page. And, um, I just opened to surprisingly conflict resolution. It was interesting when you brought up conflict resolution, I was thinking all great relationships have, similar parts right there's a there's an attraction factor or a chemistry yes and and if I like you and you're likable and you like me and I'm likable then we have a, uh, a bond that is a bond of attraction you know like the likability factor is high so I got to have that yes. there's, there's there's no way to really legitimately resolve conflict if we don't like each other in right. the first place because yeah. it's a battle. The second thing is we've got to have more conversation so if chemistry is natural if i like you and you like me then conversation should be natural it should be desirable right and and so conversation has legitimately a surface layer for most people but when chemistry's really there the conversation goes deeper which i think leads to collaboration So a marriage has to collaborate on how to be great. A leader and a follower have to collaborate on how to be great. A salesperson and a client have to collaborate on how to be great. And if you collaborate, you're going to be doing new things, which create conflict. Yes. And and all four of those added up, chemistry, conversation, collaboration, conflict resolution, equal connection. Mm -hmm. So I opened a conflict resolution. And um, your first question is, is it possible that I'm wrong? (laughs) So I just and this is just random so so talk to us about the idea of of what is the key to the uh, the questions and conflict resolution
1: yes you know even that first question can take us in a direction that would take half an hour because research has demonstrated the number one barrier that keeps people from connection in in a conflict is superiority it's this feeling of I would have never done that. I would have never thought that. I would have never said that. And because I have this feeling of superiority, you and I are going to have a very difficult time getting to place a place of resolution. So if, if it's possible that I, I'm wrong, if it's possible that I misheard something, if I, I misread something, if it's possible they misspoke right? Because maybe, okay, is that really what you intended to say? No, actually, no, I didn't. I was actually trying to say this. Good. Okay. Now I didn't jump on the wrong train fly into Siberia because I created space. That requires humility, the opportunity to be humble enough to say, all right, maybe I am wrong in this and I have to say that my perception is, is such and I have to leave room for that space for clarification. They say when a conflict happens, you're your, your brain chemistry totally changes and you can lose 30 points off of your IQ when, when you're in a, in a significant conflict. Well, for some of us, we can't afford 30 <laughs> points. <laughs> right. <We> reduce <laughs> from our IQ. that's right. That puts me down below the you know, certain line anyhow. Um, so being able to stay present in there and be at least humble enough to say, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, let's explore this together. So, so
0: I think that 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 vulnerability and pride and ego. I have a story that, that we just, uh, kind of intentionally put into our connect resource. But I remember early in my career as a, as a loan originator that I had a real estate agent that was really barking at me. I mean, she was not happy at all. And I didn't know any of this questions and conflict or any of that, you know? And so the, the louder she yelled, the louder I yelled and the louder she yelled, the the louder I yelled. And there was no question to disarm, this spin-up. Yes. And at the end of the spin-up, she said, and I'll never forget this. she said, Todd, you're right. And she hung up the phone, slammed it down. It wasn't like, goodbye, you're right, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, she hangs up the phone, I've won. I'm thinking, I'm victorious. I, yes. mean, I just out shouted her and I out, you know, yes. maneuvered her. And about a week later, I went to the real estate office in which she worked. And there was a hundred real estate agents that had their license hung at this real estate company. And I got, I don't know, 10 feet in the front door. And the receptionist looked at me, the receptionist, not the broker owner, not. And mm-hmm. she said, Todd, um, based on how you handled Barbara, you're no longer welcomed in this office. Mm. And I was blacklisted mm. from an office cause I didn't know how to ask the question, where is it possible that I might be wrong?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm just thinking in that situation now, and I, 10 years, I was not allowed to call in that office. Mm -hmm. I mean, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars because I won an argument. Yes. But I didn't have the humility or the bravery to just say, I'm so sorry, Barbara. Tell me in your opinion where
1: we went wrong. Yes.
0: If I had done that, it could have changed everything. What a
1: great question. That's such a good question you just asked. (laughs) The ability to just pause, get into that. And to care enough about their world to say, I want to see this from your vantage point. Yeah. Because all I have is what I see and what I feel over here. And um, sometimes we do need to hang a sign around the people around us saying, stick with me. <laughs> Focus on my thoughts and my feelings for a little while.
0: Well, and and, and what comes to mind just in this moment in conversing with you is I think what I lacked in that moment, being you know, a young business person is I lacked empathy. Yeah. I just, I mean, really lacked going to her side of what yes. was happening and yes. really trying to see how frustrating this was that she lost three clients because of something my team and I did. And yes. I wasn't willing to ask a different question, yes. so that's powerful. Um, we're going to go to one more, uh, this is kind of fun, um, happiness and joy. Am I seeking happiness or joy? Yes. What, what say you about that? Well,
1: in in the little section there, and, and it's a very small section. And I tell people all the time, I'd be honored to sit on the back of your toilet because it's really just kind of used, you know, designed to be, you know, red Great and little, sound bites. Yeah, that's right. Just little small small sections. Happiness is typically circumstantial. Joy is something that's much deeper, and there's a deeper sense of joy. And even getting back to what you said earlier about the um, the attraction that you have first in a relationship, yep. right? Um, an author named Lewis Smedes wrote a book. And he said, um, the love I had for my wife when she was young is different than the love I have for my wife now. He said, when she was young, I was like, oh, what a beautiful woman. And he was just attracted to her. There was this attraction. He said, "That, that attraction brought me joy. And he said, now that she's older, I see her working with my children. I see her serving people. I see her in the garden. I see her doing dishes. And it brings me the same type of joy. And I love that. That's the maturing of love. That's a maturing of a connection where you can actually see the goodness of, that someone else has. And you can experience joy in the midst of that. Yeah.
0: Uh, does
1: that mean your spouse or your coworker will never say anything that won't make you happy? <laughs> no, that happens. But if if we make gratitude a, something that's a staple and a desire of being grateful for what we have, who we are, what what's around us, um, that really changes the... The oh, lens that we look through.
0: 100%. 100%. Well, this has been a delightful conversation, and I, I, I wanted to ask you uh, one more question, and, and the question has to do with, from your vantage point, what are just first things that come to mind, and it might be super simple, but I want to make sure the listener gets it. What are the big mistakes? Just two or three of the biggest mistakes that if people would just own these, it would change their whole approach with questions and, and connection. Real quick, just bullets.
1: Just Um, I'll just I'll just talk for a few minutes. You can put the yellow flag up, and you're done. White flag. I think most people um, assume they know more than other people. Mm -hmm. I think most people assume that if they were authentic and connected, that it wouldn't produce what they really wanted. I think most people make a mistake saying with the the first question. I had a conflict um, this week. I was helping an executive to to navigate. He had a boss that was chirping, saying, hey, I want you to do this, and it's gonna take two hours. And he's like, well, you know, he's paralyzed because he was already told to do something else by his boss in that same two hours, and now there's this huge internal conflict that he's having, right? And I asked him, I said, what did you need in that moment? he's like, I just need my boss to not be a jerk. And he's like, good, okay. <laughs> let's let's assume that's not going to happen. How can we cut the, the demand and not the supply? You are always going to be surrounded by jerky bosses and bad economies and different things. How can you change you and the yeah. way that you, what do you need at that point? And it was beautiful because I, he went down this road of trying to think about um, his need to find a voice with his boss and his need to be fine with who he is, whether he satisfied his boss's desires yeah. or not. And there were so many f- fruitful things that came out of that. He wouldn't have hit that if he stayed on the top level of what do you need? Right. Uh, Albert Einstein said, I'm not smarter than other people. I just stay with problems longer. Wow. And I love that because <laughs> it's the same thing is true for questions. We have a question that pops into my head. I'm not going to assume that's the best question. I'm going to use that as the first question, because if we drill down further, we're going to get to some really fruitful ground in relationships.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think it's also, it's also interesting that in scenarios like that, that we can also, as a employee, we can ask a question. We yes. can say, I appreciate that you would love that to get done. Yes. Um, here's what I'm doing right now. Yes. Help me understand what's exactly. important to you. help me understand
1: is a magical phrase that you should use 40 times a day (laughs) i was curious uh, about something yeah yeah so i love this i I
0: love the conversation i love the just the the clarity in your your soul and your mind and your heart and uh guys this is a great book man just uh, go to amazon.com Craig Morris is the author. Right Side Up is the title. Uh, is A Better Life Possible? I've had a delightful time with you, Craig, and thank you for just joining our podcast today and pouring into thousands of people to help them live their best life. It's thank you, Todd,
1: and thank you for creating space for people to lean into not just better business, but better relationships. Yeah. Uh, some people are plagued by uh, difficult business that affects their home life, and some people are affected by Affected by difficult home life that affects your business and trying to get healthier in all of those areas is a beautiful thing
0: yeah worth pursuing for yes. sure yeah uh relationship intimacy connection just the right question this has been great so we'll be with you again on another podcast thanks for joining share this with all your clients your team everybody will be better if they ask new questions cheers see you again